So swearing in today for the new government as they traipse off to Government House to do the honours, led by the incoming Prime Minister, of course, Christopher Luxon, who's with us. Morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Very well indeed. Congratulations on Friday and today and all of that sort of thing. The foreign buyers that you caved on, why did you cave? Oh, look, it was an issue with uh, for New Zealand First, and we Nicola and I sort of knew that that would be going in. We built some buffer into our tax plan, which was good, uh, and we've been able through the mix of policies that we've agreed through the course of these agreements. Uh, we've got you know some extra revenue and some extra savings that have been raised as well. So, for us, um, you know, it was just uh, a thing that New Zealand First definitely wasn't supportive of, and we needed to acknowledge that. And, and in coalition negotiations, um, that's one of the concessions we needed to make. Real estate people are angry. Do they have a right to be? Well, look, I can understand that, uh, but the reality is, you know, this is what was needed to do to get the deal done. We can still deliver our tax relief to lower middle income New Zealanders, which is what both Act and New Zealand First have committed to doing. Uh, and all we need to do is find um, an alternative source of funding at which we've been able to do. The smoking change, you on board? Um, well, again, it was a big issue for New Zealand First and Act. Um, for us, we weren't on board with the ch- some of the changes that the government had proposed with the legislation just before Christmas. Remember, it hasn't been implemented at this point in time. I think when you limit distribution to the point that they were going to, you just create a massive black market that becomes untaxed. And also, you actually create a huge risk of more ram raids and more crime. Um, I think the perversity of saying a 36-year-old can smoke, but a 35-year-old can't, I just don't know how that all kind of works in practice. That's sort of so, dancing on the head of a pin. I'm sure Shane Retty, who's a doctor, had something to say about the health implications and people dying and the cost of the health system. No, I think you know the reality is you know, those things are unproven and they have some unintended consequences which you need to face you up. You don't to. think and smoking so, leads to death? No, I do, but I think over successive governments we've been able to lower smoking. Uh, we'll continue to do so. Good education. Uh, vapes have been a very effective tool for getting people off smokes. We've got a um, pandemic got sure of vapes, vapes among kids. Yeah, we do. We've got tougher consequences in these agreements for, for sale, selling vapes to kids under 18 as well. So, And we'll continue to harden that up uh, because that's important. But the reality is we've seen, we've seen smoking come down over successive generations. It'll continue to do so. But just saying that the government's plan was the only way to do that, uh, I don't think um, was necessarily true. And I think some of those actions um, you know, would have some unintended consequences. So is well. that your first example of having to argue for something you don't really believe in, but kind of in an MMP way you sort of have to front up anyway? No, it's a function of there were some things in that legislation even before the election that we as a national party didn't support all aspects of that legislation either. So, um, you know, it's it's something where you sort of look at it and go, yep, on balance, um, it's a it's a it's a different decision. It's a decision that we actually think is is an important one that we've got to. Okay, the mini budget. Um, I, she mm. she cannot emphasise mini enough. How many is yeah. it going to be? Well, Haifu will come in, I think, probably the week before Christmas, typically. Um, at that point in time, we will have got some good briefings. I suspect, Mike, um, that there will be more fiscal cliffs and more fiscal holes that will emerge as we get into briefings with Treasury. Um, we're not particularly hopeful uh, that we're actually, the state of the books are in as good a shape as, as Robertson said they would be. Uh, and so we will need to look at that and then make any adjustments we can uh, and actually any decisions before Christmas as quickly as we can into that mini-budget. So alongside Haifu, there'll be a series of actions or decisions that we'll take to quickly try and course-correct some of it, uh, and then obviously deal with the majority of it in the big budget. In May. You would have seen the spending figures for Q3. They went backwards. Uh, there's yep. every reason to believe we could be in recession, isn't there? Because I can't see Q4 being any better. That's a recession. You start your government as in a recession, potentially. Yeah. 
potentially, um, but we need to be able to sit down with Treasury and get our proper briefings that will happen after we get sworn in today. So, um, you know, suffice to say, um, we really do want to get a, a state of the books, but you know, as we've seen with this government or the previous government, you know, every two months things were deteriorating, getting worse from the last budget in May, and we expect things are, you know, there'll be some hidden um, surprises and all of that. The stroke of a pen stuff you can do between now and Christmas, what is it? When's it mm. happen? Yeah, so there's things like we want to get on and, and uh, repeal the RMA reform. We want to start the process of getting the three waters repealed. We want to get rid of fair pay awards. So that's the big goal for this week is to get our government's 100-day plan sorted. We'll have um, swearing in today. We'll have a cabinet meeting tomorrow. We'll have another one on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I hope to get everyone signed up to the 100-day uh, plan, which will actually have you know, probably 40 to you know, 50 actions in there that are really about the big things that we need to get going with to unblock the show and to get it moving. Reserve Bank on Wednesday, is 5.5 the cash rate enough? Um, again, we'll have to see, but uh, what we want to do is, that's one of the changes we also want to progress, is getting the Reserve Bank focused on the single mandate of getting inflation that back below 3%. Because Is that legislative or can you do that straight away? Uh, I think some of it is legislative. We can, we can, we're actually having that discussion with Treasury. We'll start that again this week as well, but we understand we need to make some legislative changes. Okay, have you talked to war yet? Sorry? Have you talked to Orr yet? No, I haven't, and I don't think Nicola has either yet um, because we're not officially sworn in until 11 today, but um, those are the conversations that have started taking Is place. Is he holding his job for four years? Uh, again, we've got a, uh, he's been signed up, as I understand it. Uh, what we want to do is do a review of the performance uh, of the Reserve Bank um, actions, particularly through that COVID period and whether that's made things worse. But, you know, we will work with him. Um, you know, Is that with a view to sacking him? Um, well, we just think it's important to get a sense of the performance uh, of well, the Well, it's bank. been shocking. And he firehosed the economy and we've got inflation stuck up the wall and we don't know what to do with it. Well, that is our view, but we just want to make sure that we uh, have, a, have a good understanding of exactly what has happened and, um, and we'll, in that context. But look, we need to work with, with uh, you know, the Reserve Bank. They're an independent agency. We'll do that very well uh, professionally, but um, we want to make sure we want to understand the performance of the bank on a, on a few of those issues. We want them de- desperately, desperately focused on one mandate, controlling inflation. That's the single biggest thing we've got to get sorted, uh, and we'll go forward from there. Should Costa resign? Uh, again, those are all ultimately decisions for the, the incoming Minister of Police, Mark Mitchell, and he'll work his way through that in due course. Have you talked to him about it? Uh, no, not at this stage. Okay. Uh, the four-year term, what do you reckon would happen if we held a vote on that tomorrow? I don't know. I reckon there's quite a lot of support for it across the country. I think the challenge, um, you know, I remember the 2020 election, and you will have remembered some of the conversation earlier around four-year terms as well. There's quite broad support, it feels like that, across the political parties here. But again, we'd draft up the legislation with a view of taking it to referendum in 26, and um, exactly whether it's implemented and probably more likely, I suspect, implemented in 29 onwards. Uh, but um, but I think you know there is a, a good rationale and justification for it. I think you'd you'd throw governments out easier after four years than you would after three if they were bad, uh, and it also gives governments a really good good whack to sort of you know, get through an election, get their plan away, get results for people, uh, and then go to an election having demonstrated some success. All right, appreciate your time, Christopher Luxon. Now being sworn in at eleven o'clock this morning. A lot of text around the bright line. Is the bright line happening? Yes, it is. It's over a period of ensuing years. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.